Sandy, tell me your spinning origin story. <laughs> um, I guess my spinning origin story is that I did not want to learn to spin. That was mine too. <laughs> Sasha Torres, spinning teacher, fiber dyer, and founder of Sheepspot, where we help you make more yarns you love with beautiful hand-dyed fiber and accessible and comprehensive online spinning instruction. These days, I can make just about any yarn I can imagine, but believe me, I was not a natural spinner. When I started spinning, I really struggled to make yarns I liked, let alone loved. But many skeins and hand-spun projects later, spinning now lets me express my creativity and quiet my mind, no matter how crazy the world around me gets. I created the SheepSpot podcast to give you quick, actionable strategies that will help you level up your yarn making so that you can create yarns you love faster, more easily, and with less frustration. If you're an inquisitive hand spinner, you are in the right place. And I'm so glad you're here. Hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 77 of the Sheep Spot podcast. I have a really special treat for you today. It's an interview with my student, Sandy Silver, about her spinning journey. And I had so much fun taping this interview with her about how she learned to spin and all the things that spinning has brought into her life besides more yarn. In the interview, Sandy talks about some swatch mitts that she made after doing some of the color exercises in the Sheep Spotter Society, and I want to let you know that there is a picture of them in the show, no- show notes, because seriously, you want to see these mitts. I hope you are as inspired as I am by this conversation about spinning, fiber, generosity, community, and patience. So when I moved to just south of Portland, Oregon, my husband and I moved here and we really knew nobody. Um, And I was just learning to knit. So I found a knitting store and they on Fridays had a table and you could come and everybody would hang out and you'd knit. And so I was learning to knit and they were talking about one of the women kept talking about um, why you would use this yarn for a project Mm -hmm. and people would ask her all these questions and she would get she would talk about all these different breeds and all of this stuff about yarn and sheep and another person um, has a flock of sheep and I'm sorry, I was working in downtown L.A. prior to this. I didn't know anything about sheep or people that had sheep or all of that. Um, So they kept trying to get me to spin, and I kept saying, no, no. I want to learn how to knit. I don't want to learn how to spin. Um, And they kept trying. And then there's a spinning guild here and very active, and they were doing a uh, one-day learn-how-to-spin workshop, full day, $30, and I thought, okay, 
I've got to try this. I'm either going to like it or I'm not. Right. So what was your, why were you hesitant? Um, I tend to like to focus on one or two things at a time. So I was learning how to knit. I was learning how to live in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was learning what plants um, I, I, that, that was enough. Um, so yeah, I just, I just wasn't, yeah. Okay. That, 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 was that makes, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so, so we went to this workshop I did. and what was it like? Well, I was very fortunate that one of the women around the table first said, you know, let me show you just a little bit, just a couple weeks before this workshop. Let me just borrow my beautiful, her beautiful cherry shacked wheel. Um, and she would show me, you know, just basics. So I'd have the feel of it. Um, and that really helped. Uh, at least I had a little familiarity. Um, the woman who was teaching was, she's great. I mean, she's humorous. She's warm. The people that were there, some knew how to spin. Some had no ideas. Some had antique wheels that were not necessarily staying together. I mean, it was a whole variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, it was really comfortable for me. Um, spinning, my hands just wanted to do it. That's a great, that's a great description. My hands just wanted to do it. So did you, did you struggle at all? Were there, there must, there must've been some things that you struggled with. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the matchless that I was using was beautiful, but it also got away from me at times. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a little difficult. Uh, Joins were not always easy. And I certainly had the, oh my goodness, everything's tangled here kind of feeling. Um, but, but honestly, more than not, I just, I could do it. Um, and I mean, the the instructor at one point, she looked over and she said, okay, are you a ringer in the class? (laughs) You know, (laughs) um, yeah, so that was, that was my first experience of it. And then one of the women around the knitting table, um, uh, had taught spinning and again, very generous, amazing woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cheryl Nurmi just said, you know, if you want to learn, I'll, I'm happy to teach you. It's $10 an hour, which again is amazing. Yep. Um, and somebody else loaned me another wheel. Um, Sharon has, a, uh, Cheryl has a whole slew of antique wheels. Um, but she just, you know, little by little, each each time we met, she would teach me one thing mm. and then let me go and, and practice that. And, um, you know, again, it, it a lot of it came very naturally to me. Um, the day that Cheryl was teaching me to chain ply, um, I was in, we were at the knitting shop, we were meet, meeting there. And... She showed me how to do it, and I said, okay, and so I did it, and she just <laughs> she just sort of stopped, and she called out to the shop owner um, and said, 
she's she's a chain flying savant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or one of them called me that, I don't know, but, um, you know, I had, I'd always crocheted. So that feeling was very, very comfortable. Yeah. And I guess with a lot of it, um, sort of what you don't know that you should be afraid of, then you're not afraid of it. Um, so yeah. Right. Right. My, my first knitted project in college was a sweater because I didn't know that sweaters were hard then. Yeah. 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 And I love talking to people who, and it happens sometimes, you know, somebody will come into the studio and they're, they're really brand new and they're in an hour or 90 minutes, they're able to get to where I was at about like month three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love listening to people who found that initial part kind of easier than I did. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the other, the other thing is that this community of people um, were again, very generous, um, always giving me different fibers to try and tools to use and magazines to read. Like a lot of their cleaning out their studios <laughs> was coming over to me, mm-hmm. um, but I just was hungry for it. And so, you know, one of the women um, we had met somewhere, I remember she opened the trunk of her car and said, um, you know, take any of these magazines that you want. And they were old spin-off magazines, old ply magazines. Actually, there was another person also who gave me her collection of ply. I mean, there was just all this stuff. And so I just, I would be reading, I wouldn't really understand it, but it began to give me a vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then I would see them the next week and be asking more questions. Um, I'm afraid sometimes it was a few too many questions for them, but yeah. I doubt that. I yeah. doubt that very much. So when did you get your wheel? Um, I and bought it from... What do you spin on? I don't, I don't think I am remembering um, I, that. The, the first, the wheel I got was a Lendrum. It was the... The shop owned it. It was theirs. It had been the prior owner of the yarn store, um, I guess, had bought the Lendrum um, with all of the pieces. And um, and then and she was, I, I never met her. Um, she was, I guess, quite elderly and then had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried a few different wheels and the Lendrum just was easy. It was, it's straightforward. I thought, you know, I really could learn a lot. Mm -hmm. The other people um, have, they all had these gorgeous, beautiful, amazing wheels. And then again, the, the whole slurry of antique wheels, but that's, that's, yeah. Um, So that's sort of my, always can go to, um, you know, have my woolly winder, the, the guy who makes the woolly winder is in the next town. Oh. Um, so, That's you know, great. I mean, things like that. Um, and then through actually the two women who kind of at the shop who kind of got me started, um, the three of us got one of the little nanos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, yeah, we were tricking out our nanos together, trying to get them to work. 
And then the woman that I had bought the Lindrum from um, just last year, I guess I think it's about a year, she had the um, Carson Cooper Sabrina. You have a Carson Cooper Sabrina? <laughs> I, how is it that I did not know this? This is the most beautiful wheel oh, in the world. Look at her. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh, and it's so one beautiful. Of, one of his older ones. So it has the burl woods. Oh. Um, yeah, I. Karen was spinning on it one day and I was astonished. I, I've never seen anything like that. And I went over and I sat on the floor and watched and whatever. And then um, it just, she just got to where it really wasn't for her anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been phasing out a bit from spinning, going into quilting and, um, and mentioned that she someday might be selling it. Um, so, so that, yeah, so that's, wow. that's sort of my beautiful treat. And it's a very different kind of spinning. Um, Can you say a little bit more about that? I spun on a Carson Cooper, um, it, but I, I don't think it was, I think it was a, um, a Saxony wheel. Mm-hmm. And I might, yeah. I might be misremembering, but it was, it was an amazing beast. It really was. Yeah. So how, does it, how does it feel different from your Lundrum? <laughs> well, one is that the the wheel, I think, is, um, it's either 10 or 12 inches. So, you know, it's itty-bitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also single treadle. So it's a lot more treadling, but um, there is a smoothness to it. I mean, once I, once I got it, because at first it was like I had a flat tire, um, you know, you, it, just to keep having it go round didn't mm-hmm. work. But once I get the rhythm of it, um, the other is that it really likes to spin fine. And so that's a whole different experience for me. Um, I mean, there's the Nano who right. really likes to spin very fine. fine. Um but this, yeah, it's a, it's just a, it's just such a different feel. Um, yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. So it, I know that's, I've, I've been working on a bigger project that needs sweater quantity of yarn. So I'm certainly using the Landrum and mm-hmm. I'm to more of a, a DK sport. So that's, that's what that but I've just about finished that quantity and I'm, I have some fiber is just waiting for me and I will go back to the Carson Cooper. Okay. Well, speaking of fiber, um, what's, what do you love to spin the most? I, I don't know that I can say I have what I love to spin the most. I can tell you what I don't like. I don't like when I'm really struggling to, um, to draft, you know, I mean, if it's, uh, but, but I think that's mostly been fiber that I've tried to prepare myself from a fleece. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but otherwise, I mean, I really, I, right now what I'm doing is more of a semi woolen and I'm really enjoying that. Um, what I'll switch to when I go to the Sabrina, um, I've got 
I think it's a merino yak silk blend that I want to spin. And I know that that's just going to kind of slip through and feel very different. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I have a favorite. Um, I just, I like to try things. Okay. So as long as it's well prepped, you're, yes. you're good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I get, I eventually will get impatient tanking a lot of hay and whatever else, you know, stopping all the time and pulling things out of my wool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not, it's not that fun. So if you were, if you could give some advice to the Sandy who had just moved to Oregon and didn't want to learn to spin, what would you tell her? It's a big, amazing world to explore and just, you know, dive in. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, So we've talked a little bit about, so it sounds like, tell me if this is true. So on the Sabrina, you tend to spin fine, Mm -hmm. like fingering weight, lace weight. Yeah. um, I've done. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'm not always sure how you classify it. If you're then going to be three plying it, do you classify it? On the three ply or on the singles? Yeah. So, so what would a three ply that you spun on the Sabrina? Be um, I've been doing sock yarn on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a default yarn? Do you feel like you have? I've a- been thinking about that a lot, and I don't think so. I think it's really um, depending on which of the wheels. Um, if I'm using mm. the Lendrum, I would say it's, you know, I'm doing, well, it depends. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, it really, I, it so depends for me on what the fiber is and which the wheel is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's more driven by the, by the tool and the materials than it is yeah. by, by something about you and what you do most easily. I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, that makes so much sense. And you know, I mean, um, there was just an article in, where was it? I think it's in Knitty Spin. Jillian just wrote a piece for Knitty Spin about loving your default yarn, which I'm all for. I'm all for loving your default yarn, but I'm also for not always spinning your default yarn. Um, but it sounds like that sort of having these two very different wheels has already sort of set you on that course, which is really great. Yeah. 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 So, um, what do you, okay. First, when did you know that you, that this was something you were going to be doing for a while? Was it in that first, was it that first day class? Oh, I, uh, the first bit of time when I was just trying it on my own, mm-hmm. um, that, that was, that was the most difficult. Um, and I just wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Um, but when I took the class, yeah, I think that 
I began to understand more. And also she spoke much more about, um, or I learned more about the, the kind of the, the world that was opening up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the reference books that were available about different types of wool, why you might use different tools and materials. I began to see an even broader picture. Mm. Um, and I think that sparked my curiosity um, to, to learn more. Right. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. I, I think I, I've, I've just been thinking a lot about this curiosity piece just in my own, the way it works in my own life. And because when I was, when I became a pretty serious knitter, my initial thing was, I don't want to learn to spin because I don't want to have another whole thing. And um, so it's interesting to me to hear you saying that, like the fact that there was this whole world was inviting to you as opposed to because for me, I sensed that there was a whole world and I wasn't sure that I was quite ready to like be in another whole world because knitting was, is a pretty huge world in and of itself. Um, so, but you, but for you, that was like intriguing and, and exciting. Yeah. I, like. I come from a family of scientists. I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I am the one that is not, um, but I have, I think, that same amount of curiosity and inquiry and, oh, maybe I could learn more. And, oh, maybe I could explore this a little further. And what if I tried that? Um, there are times where I'm very timid about those kind of things. But in the back of my mind, there's that same kind of hunger mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to to understand more and try it. And yet further evidence for my, well, my experience in the spinning world is that like spinners just want to know all the things mm-hmm. like they're and not just, just not necessarily just about spinning, but about a whole yeah. range of things. Yeah. There is something. So uh, that's, I mean, that's so much about of what it's appealing, what it's appeal is for me, just that there are so many different things to know. Yes. Um, yeah. So how do you use your hand spun? Do I guess I should not presume. Do you use your hand spun? I try mm. to. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, again, started off small. Um, well, I mean, I did my husband's mittens and he has big, they're bigger. But um, trying to, I guess I've been curious again to mix different types of the fibers that I've spun. Um, so, you know, different types of wools and such and put them together and then, uh Oh, they're too big. I'm going to try felting them and see what happens. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so, but again, um, smaller projects, because a lot of things that I've done, um, have just been, you know, the four ounce braid, Mm-hmm. do with that yep um so yeah mitten socks uh there's a color work pillow that is started but that's waiting um and then right now I'm my goal at the moment is to spin the variety of colors um 
and somewhat different wools to make a sweater that's a striped sweater of those different colors. Yeah, so let's talk more about that sweater because because <laughs> um, I know a little bit about the sweater, but um, I and I and I can see by the way you talk about it that it's like it's a kind of a fulcrum point for you in your in your spinning and also your relation to color. So I would just love it if you could talk a little bit about that sweater and the idea of it and what's in it and all that stuff. Um, well, I, again, through this very generous community of people, um, of spinners and such, um, a couple of years ago, I had gone to a retreat, a spinning retreat, and uh, somebody had said, oh, Marilyn has Romney and she has this beautiful Romney lamb fleece. Do you want to split it? And I, and it was all clean. It was gorgeous. And I thought, well, sure. Um, so I spun that up and then it has been in the closet. And then I took a part of it and I dyed it with lichen because um, another opportunity we had was somebody who was coming and teaching about dyeing with, with lichen. Um, so I kept telling myself I was going to make a sweater using this, but then it really isn't enough. So I've kept my eyes open and I found Andrea Mowry's stripe pattern, stripes pattern for a sweater pullover. Um, and in it, she so clearly indicates quantities of yarn mm-hmm. and also um, for the different, you know, striping what she used and um, also really encourages using different yarns. It doesn't have to all be the same. Right. Um, so then I kind of started looking at my different braids and which I had always felt that a dyer's work is kind of holy that, you know, I really shouldn't mess with it because it's so beautiful. Um, and I took a two hour class that Jillian Marino Marino had offered through stitches And suddenly there was something in her teaching that kind of broke the restraints for me. Mm -hmm. And it was teaching me that I, it's okay. It really is okay to take that braid apart. And so I started, um, I took one of your braids, Sasha, and pulled that apart and mixed it with a Dicentra dye braid and with another braid somebody had given me. And I just suddenly, it's like I have this ability to create my own palette of colors, um, which is, is very, very exciting to me. Um, It's, I mean, it's, it's better for me than putting my hands in paint right now. Um, so it, it's, it's, that's been really wonderful. Um, so I've just about, I think I've just about finished spinning and now I will, um, I'm just finishing up a, a pair of socks. I'm doing a toe on some socks right now. Once I get those done, then I'll just dive into doing the sweater. Um, the other piece with, the knitting and with all of fiber work is that I realize things are not irreversible. Right. And so, you know what, 
most of the sweaters that I've knit, I've had to knit more than once to get it right. So if with this, I have to do it more than once and I decide either colors don't go right or my gauge isn't quite right and I need to change it, then that's okay. Mm. It's I'm not in a hurry. Right. Um, I might get bored, but I'm, I'm not in a hurry. And so I'm just going to really try to enjoy it and have a small project going at the same time. Excellent idea. Yeah. I think Jillian's teaching does that for so many people just, you know, cause she's, she is so um, encouraging and non-judgmental and, you know, kind of easygoing and funny that that also sort of sets people at ease. I think she creates a really special atmosphere in her classes. And I'm really glad to hear that she, she did that for you. Um, the other thing, Sasha, to, to, I was just thinking you had asked, what would I give my, what advice would I give my earlier self? Yep. And I think it's also, it isn't always the right time for everything, but there probably will be a right time to mm-hmm. learn that. So something that would have been completely overwhelming um, now is comfortable. So like for this concept of taking the braids apart or playing with the color, that's an a different level or a different layer that I'm adding to the experience for myself. Right. Where initially just making sure that, that the yarn stayed together and it, you know, didn't fly onto the bobbin and out of my hands. Um, You know, that was really exciting to get that right. And then sort of each step, there are all the steps that are there, which you teach beautifully. I really, really appreciate that. Um, but there are some of them that, that I set aside and I know I'll get back mm-hmm. to when I'm ready to do it. And, and I'm, I've learned to not be angry at myself for that. Right. Right. Which is so great. I'm so, I'm happy for you okay. about that. Cause it's just, seen, and, and the, and the thing about it, it might not, this might just not be the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a time, you know, a time will probably come and, It'll, and in my experience, because I say that to myself often when I'm, you know, like maybe a little bit on the edge of burnout and not wanting to work that day. And I have learned I'm only 56. It's only taken me that this long um, to learn that if I, I can push myself to try to do it then, but it's going to take me four times as, as long and I'm going to be unhappy. Whereas if I just like take a day off and do it the next day, you know, it's, it's just going to be so much easier and I'm going to enjoy it more and and the product is going to be better and all that stuff. So, um, I think that's a great, a great life lesson. Um, and also I just want to say that as a dyer, (laughs) you know, I feel like when the braid leaves the studio, my job is done. And what I want for the braid is for it to go out into the world and make somebody happy. And that can take so many different forms. Um, and since I put together that workshop on different ways of spinning multicolored braids, it's, I have, I think that putting that together taught me in a new way, 
how much discretion is actually in the hands of the spinner for how that braid turns out. Um, so I just, I just want to applaud you for, for pulling apart my braids because I just, that's all I want. I just want you to spin it and, and have it make you happy. And then, you know, maybe go into a project that you love. So, yeah. So of the things you've made, do you have a favorite? Well, you actually have a perfect segue for me there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we did not plan this in advance. No, but a project that I love and playing with braids and all, um, I guess it was, it must've been some point last year. Um, you were, I think one of the lessons, there was a lesson about spinning the colors in different ways. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in the sheep spotter society. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so there was, I chose very intentionally to get fiber that I was not familiar with, which was Wensley, Wensleydale colors that were not in my comfort zone, mm-hmm. which are certain oranges and greens, things like that. Um, I kind of always grew up in blues Mm-hmm. whatever um so then I was spinning and we had done the um the chain plying so I was getting all my colorways we were doing um mixing colors doing different things okay so then I had this yarn and I thought well I want to do swatches to know what it looks like, but mm-hmm. I don't want swatches sitting around. So that's when I had done all my mittens. Oh, swatch mitts. <laughs> yes. So yes. So why why does have swatches have swatch mittens? Um so you know to the cable cable climb where my colors all come together and then do a, a forward and backwards of the color. So one cuff mm-hmm. is green and the tips are red and the other are reversed and then you know I had done I don't think I've seen those yeah fractal ply mittens and uh, and I mean these have been great I've been wearing them all winter when I walk the dog um but I think that that has been my most fun project and actually um I've had neighbors stop me and ask me about my mittens. I mean, they're fingerless, fingerless gloves, really. But you know, ask me about them because they're so colorful and they're fun and and all of that. So I think that so far has been my most fun project. Okay, I'm going to ask that you maybe give me a picture of those so that I can put them in the show notes so people can see them because sure. they are gorgeous. Well, thanks. Yeah, they're really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. They're fun. And, and I also didn't worry when I ran out of one color and kind of mixed colors together. So. Yeah. Yay. And also the swatching and yet also making something useful. So good. I love it. Um, so what would you say that spinning has given you other than more yarn? Um, it's given me an enormous community. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, really... I've landed in the perfect place for this. Um, you really have. That, yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, with sheep and 
um, yes, the other day it was about bunnies and, um, I mean, just, it's just mind boggling the number of animals that people have and the fiber that's here and the generosity. Um, it's also really taught me, um, certain history again Mm -hmm. with the, the antique spinning wheels and people's passion for that. Um, the Aurora Colony Museum that's nearby, the whole history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's given me this wonderful creative outlet that I've been looking for for a very long time. Um, I had spent a lot of time drawing and uh, using color pencils, and I'm kind of known for drawing yarn um so my there have been just a little frustration going on there um um, and I I still have one of my friends you know says oh you know could you do some more of that and I'm thinking no I don't want to draw yarn anymore um I mean I have a, a a a colored pencil piece that I sent to a friend of mine in the east coast who has a little yarn store Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, she has my bowl of drawn yarn there and then she sends me yarn. Um, but we but yeah, I think it's it's given me um, that tactile creativity that I really needed. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I I knew the story about how you used to draw yarn, mm. but I had forgotten it. And it, it, it's it's a fantastic story. And I feel like I have a somewhat similar um, transition from my my polymer clay days because one of the things about polymer clay is that you can kind of make it look like anything. You can make it look like rocks or fabric or, you know, you can really, it's very forgiving in that way. And I do feel like there was some kind of and yet it's plastic. And I knew that I didn't want to be working with, I didn't want to be making things out of plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but there was something about it that was like, there was a little, a, a whisper there that was telling me, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. You're going to get there eventually. Um, but I, I just love the idea of you spending time drawing yarn before you'd even learned how to knit. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And it just goes to show that we, you know, we have all the answers already. We just have to wait, wait for them <laughs> to kind of show up at the time when we're ready to know them. Okay. This has been so fun, Sandy. Um, last question. Tell me why you spin in five words or fewer. So that one I, I practiced up on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, It never ending learning in color and texture. Hey, thank you so much, Sandy. This has been great. Yay. Yay. these podcasts and would like to work more closely with me, you should definitely check out the Sheep Spotter Society, my membership community for inquisitive spinners who want to spin with more confidence and joy while making yarns they absolutely love. 
As a Sheepspotter Society member, you'll get access to our private online membership site where we go deep into a new spinning topic every single month with video lessons, monthly Q&As, and virtual meetups. And you'll join a vibrant, caring, supportive community that's as passionate as you are about spinning, fiber, and creating with hand-spun yarns. You can sign up to get more information and receive a notification the next time membership opens at sheepspot.com slash TSS. That's sheepspot.com slash TSS, which stands for the Sheepspotters Society. I would love to have you join us. Thank you.